Take your Bibles and turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 1 this morning. John chapter 1, we are continuing in our study in the book of John, and we are going to finish chapter 1 this morning. The title of the message this morning is Jesus Calling. Jesus Calling. All right, now I know just about everybody sitting here has a phone in their pocket or purse or somewhere about their person. Just about every one of us. Now, how many of you have somebody blocked on your phone that can't, that can't call you? All right. <laughs> I really wasn't asking for a show of hands, but that, that was good. That was good. I was just trying to get you to think about it for a moment. But every one of us, I know, I know, every one of us screen our calls because if the, if the phone rings, you're going to pick it up and look and say, well, who is this and what do I really want to talk to this person? All right. Uh, I was accused a while back of blocking somebody's calls because she called me a lot. Uh, and I hadn't blocked her calls, but then something happened to her phone, and it took my information out of her phone. I don't know how it happened, but she had to call Bridget to get my phone number back. Uh, anyway, it's, these days, we have a choice of answering the phone or not when somebody calls. Used to, whenever I grew up, and some of you that are older than me, y'all understand this real well, I lived on a party line back out in the woods where there were two or three other people on that line, and you had a special ring that you, you know, it was your call coming to your house if it rang a special ring. Now, the telephone at that time, kids, was attached to the wall, okay? And you couldn't take it just anywhere you wanted to unless you had a long cord, so you had to be careful walking down the hallway if your telephone was in the hall because somebody would have it stretched across the hallway and, and tucked away in their room with the door shut and you could hang yourself on the cord. There was all, we did all sorts of things like that. I was 16 years old before we had a phone in our house. And with, I had three sisters uh, that were you know, teenage at that time or almost teenagers. So my phone rang a lot or... Somebody called for them a lot, let me put it that way, all right? But at that time, you know, everybody didn't have a phone, so when the phone rang, guess what happened? It was a race to see who could get the phone and answer it because everybody wanted to talk on the phone, especially if somebody was calling us. So imagine this, three teenagers, my sister is 18 months older than me, and I've got another sister that's 13 months younger than me, so we, at that time, we were all about the same size, all right? So it was a fight. We would, we would run, and, you know, sometimes the rooms were situated, or the living room was, you know, it was all about the same length away from the telephone. So we were excited to get a call. But these days, it's not unusual to get a call. You know, and a lot of times we're thinking, man, I wish I had just left my phone at home or turned it off or something like that, but we're so addicted to it we can't. A lot of people can't live without it. What I want to talk to you today about is when Jesus calls, are you screening your calls or do you have him blocked totally? Listen, when Jesus calls, there's a purpose in it. Always. And, and there's love that comes down the line, always. So as we study this morning, these verses of Scripture, 
There's five things that Jesus says that I want us to see. As he discusses and talks with his disciples and calls uh, some of them to ministry, I want you to see the five things that he says and how important they are to us today. So if you've got him blocked, unblock him for just a little while. If you're screening your calls, don't do it, just answer it. And listen to what he has to say today. In John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35, and we'll read through the end of the chapter. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus, as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and seeing them following, he said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two had heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This morning we're looking at Jesus' calling. Let's pray together, please. Fathers, we bow before you. We need you. We ask for your presence. We pray for your spirit to move in and, uh, and through us, teaching us, showing us, communicating with us the truth that you want us to know. This morning, Father, help us to hear clearly and behave appropriately or respond appropriately. So, Father, thank you so much for loving us and calling us calling us to salvation in Jesus' name, calling us to a relationship with you. Father, how wonderful that is. 
We ask for your blessing now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Jesus calling. Now, in the, the story, as the, the, the events unfold here, John the Baptist had two disciples that were with him, and he sees Jesus walking down the road or walking wherever he was, and he told them, his disciples, he says, Behold, there is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And his disciples, the two that were there, decided to follow Jesus. And they did. This is Andrew and John, the writer of the gospel. So they went and started following Jesus. Now imagine this in your mind, just a moment. Jesus is walking down the road, and then all of a sudden there's two guys behind him just kind of walking along, following him. So he turns around and stops, and the first thing that he says, he says, what do you seek? Now this question wasn't for Jesus' benefit, the, the knowledge or, or getting the question answered wasn't because Jesus didn't already know. He knew, but the reason that he was asking that was to get them to understand or get them to vocalize or, or admit what was going on. So Jesus asked that question, what do you seek? Now, they looked around, of course, they answered and said, you know, where, do you, where are you staying? Now, probably Jesus recognized them as one of John's disciples. Of course, Jesus already knew them, having a full knowledge of all things. But he knew who they were. But when he asked this, what do you seek? He was asking them, what is your purpose? Think about that for just a moment now. They're following Jesus. Now, Whenever somebody follows you around, if you're in Walmart, okay, and you notice, hey, look, somebody is following me. Everywhere I go, this person is there. I, I try, to, uh, try to evade them a little bit here or there, go to a different section or something, and you look around, they're still there. You know something hinky's going on, right? Something a little wonky. So here's the thing. You get a little suspicious. So, you know, if you're, if you're brave, you might turn around and say, hey, you know, why are you following me? You might ask the question and get it out in the open. You might have to have them admit if they are following you for whatever reason they are following you. So in a sense, Jesus just kind of turned around and confronted the guys. He knew what was going on, but he wanted them to, to state their purpose. So he said that, hey, uh, what do you want? Why are you following me? He could have asked a whole bunch of different questions as far as that goes, but the 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 reason that he asked this was because he wanted them to understand their purpose. What do you seek? Well, obviously they were seeking him because they were following him. But Jesus wanted to go a little bit deeper than that. What are you seeking by following me? Now think about that for just a moment. Everybody has a purpose in what they do. And these guys, having seen... Uh, the Lord Jesus, and having heard John talk about him being the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, he comes in, they, they start following, and Jesus turns and looks at them and says, what do you want? What do you seek? What is your purpose? And they say, we want to be with you. Basically, that's what they're saying. We want to be with you. You know, Coming into church, coming to church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, 
it's always a blessed time for me. I love to be with, together with brothers and sisters in Christ, but the great thing is, is I love our worship. So let me ask this question. We're all here this morning. What is it that you seek? Are you looking to get a check beside your attendance whenever the Lord calls the roll? Did you come because of somebody else? You, you want to see them or you want to fellowship with them? Or, or did you come to seek Jesus? You see, He wants us to understand our purpose. When we come to church, it's not just about attending a worship service and feeling better about ourselves later on. It's about coming into His presence and being pleasing in His sight through our obedience. What do you seek? What is your purpose? Whether you believe it or not, you have a purpose in the kingdom of God. You really do. It may not be the same purpose as anybody else, but you've got a purpose. Have you found out what it is? Because He wants you to know. He wants you to know what it is, and He wants you to continue to to worship and serve in that capacity, whatever it is. So when the nominating committee comes around, what do you seek? Do you seek a hiding place? Some people, I have before, until I served on the nominating committee, and then I saw how hard it was to get you know, folks to volunteer. What about when the Lord tells you or reveals to you there's a need, or there's something that the church could use, or, or there's, there's an idea in my heart, and the Lord put it there, that I know that this is something that needs to be started or done. Usually, if He does that in you, He wants you to start it or do it. And that's the Lord's leading, showing you where your purpose is. What do you seek? You know, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12... The writer, of course, King Solomon, he sums everything up. He spends, he spends uh, the most of this book saying everything's vanity. It's just like trying to hold the wind. Uh, vanity upon vanities. These things aren't worth anything. And then he says at the end of the book, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Let us sum everything up. Let us put everything in one ball of wax. Let's just hear where the rubber meets the road. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is man's purpose. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. What is it that you seek? Do you seek God's purpose for you? Are you looking to serve God in, in a, a greater way? Are you looking to be pleasing in His sight? Or are you looking just to kind of kick the can down the road till next week? What are you seeking? As John and Andrew follow Jesus, he asked this question. And they asked him, where are you staying? Rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? In essence, what they were saying was, look, we want to spend some time with you. We want to be able to talk to you for a little while. Where are you staying? They weren't really worried about 
where it was, they just want to be in His presence. So Jesus' next words to them were, come and see. Come and see. You see, what Jesus did was invite them to follow Him. He says, I want you to come. If you're interested, if you're, if you're inquiring, if that is your purpose, then come and see. Come follow me to where I'm going. To where I'm going to sit down and rest and we can talk. In essence, what he was doing was inviting them to a personal experience of who he was. Because, you know, you don't really know somebody until you sit down and talk with them a while. You have to get to know that person. I mean, they can tell you anything they want to tell you about themselves, but you won't know that if it's true until you spend time with them. So Jesus, having found out their purpose, they wanted to follow Him, they wanted to talk with Him. He says, come and experience Me. He was saying, I want you to come and have a relationship with Me. Did he know John and Andrew? They hadn't followed him. They were disciples of John the Baptist. He might have seen them before. Of course, with his godly knowledge, he knew them, but they didn't know him. They only knew what John had said about him. So he said, he invited them into a personal relationship with him. He says, if you want to, if this is your purpose, Come and follow me. An invitation from Jesus. Let your mind absorb that for just a moment. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of all things invites you to have a relationship with him. He invited John, he invited Andrew. And down through the years, all through the ages, Jesus has invited people to come and see. You know what the scripture says in Psalm 34, verse 8? Oh, come and... Let me me get over there, because I'm going to misquote it if I try to say it wrong. Psalms 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. See, that's another way of saying, come and see. He said, look, try the Lord and see His faithfulness. Experience His love. Watch His salvation take hold in your heart. Try the Lord. Jesus says, come and see. You know, whenever you walk up to a pool and you get ready to take a dip, what do you do when when you get there? You're not going to just jump in straight away. Most of the time, you're going to kind of test the water a little bit. See, okay, this, this is not, as, not, not too cool, not too hot. Everything's just right, and then you jump in. Here's Jesus' invitation to them and to us. Hey, just try. Just, just come and see. Come and see. Look, you think this is your purpose. You've heard the call, and... What I I want you to do is just try for just a moment. Try for a little bit. Give it a try. Most people are so unwilling to let Jesus even enter the conversation that they block Him completely. 
But what Jesus wants to do is to invite you to get to know Him better. And then, when you start getting to know Him better, you're going to realize, hey, this is the answer. This is the one that I've needed all along. This is what is going to be best for me. And I'm going to complete the transaction. I'm going to get to know Him all the way and give Him myself completely. Jesus says, what do you seek? What's your purpose? Then He says, come and and see. If you want to know what, what this is all about, if you want to know the love of Christ, if you want to know what salvation means, come and see. If you want to meet God, come and see. If you have not known Him, you will be totally, completely overwhelmed with His love. Jesus says, come and see. They came and they saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And when he brought him to Jesus, and he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. And then verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. The third thing that Jesus said here was, follow me. The first was, what do you seek? The second, come to see, come and see. And then the third one was, follow me. Now, Philip just enters into this conversation. There's no prior conversation. event where Philip enters in. There's no account of him uh, being known by Jesus ahead of this or having seen Jesus or interacted with Jesus at all. But Jesus found Philip and gave a command. You see, he invited the other guys. He says, come and see. What, What do you see? Come and see. But he told Philip it was a command. Follow me. Two easy words. And the only answers for those two words, for that one command, was either yes or no. There was no, well, well, let me work it out. Let me, let me see what I can do about taking a little time off from work. Let me, let me call mom, or, or let, me, let me contact this person and see if it's okay, or, or what. None of those things. Jesus said, follow me, and it was yes now, or no, never. So what we are talking about here is Jesus is commanding a commitment. He finds Philip wherever he is, whatever he's doing. He looks at him and he calls him with the command, follow me. When Jesus calls... He calls us to a relationship with Himself. He calls us to a lifelong experience with Him. Not a lifeless experience of Him. Listen. 
when we commit ourselves to Jesus, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, it's not a once and done situation. It's not something that we do and it's over with and we can go on and live our life. That's not salvation. Jesus calls us to a daily commitment to Him and a daily following of Him. That's what He says in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Take up your cross daily. He said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You see, that's in essence, that's exactly what he said to Philip. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Because every, whatever Philip was doing, he had to make the decision to stop doing that, stop living that way, and commit himself to being a disciple of Jesus. Because that's what Jesus was inviting him to do, or commanding him to do. Follow me. So whatever Philip did before, whatever his life was like before that, changed completely. Jesus said, follow me. Philip followed. Gave up everything from the past. Followed Jesus. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, whenever He calls us and we feel the Holy Spirit working in us and saying, this is what you need. You need salvation. You need the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will get eternal life in heaven, forgiveness of all your sins. You will get the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and you will have Him always. But it can't be a one-day thing. It's not a one-day thing. It's a complete giving of ourselves to Him. Because what we were before is not what He wants us to be. He wants to take what we are and change us into what He wants us to be. And He won't do that, can't do that, unless we give ourselves to Him completely. Imagine, if you will, a potter sitting at the wheel. And he's got a lump of clay over here in which he's going to take this lump of clay and make, he's got something specific in mind. He only has enough clay for that one thing to do. And then the clay says, look, I'll give you this part right here, but you can't take all of me. And the potter says, well, that's a start, but that will not complete the work that I had in mind for you. And the clay says, doesn't matter, that's all I'm going to give you. So now is the potter going to force the clay onto the wheel and make whatever he wants to make out of it as the plan was? He's not. Unless the clay is willing to be used the way the potter wants to use him, he's going to discard the whole lump. Jesus told Philip, follow me. He tells us, take up your cross daily. Deny yourself. Follow me. That's not a once and done situation. That is a life, li lifetime commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Day by day, living with Him. Day by day, following Him. So Jesus, the, the story goes on. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, 
the city of Andrew and Peter, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael, before I get going any further, Jesus called Philip, and the first thing that Philip did after he made his commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ was go find somebody else to bring to Jesus. Think about that for a moment. Andrew did the same thing with his brother. Andrew says, we found the Messiah. Who did he bring? Peter, Simon Peter. When he found the Messiah, he wanted somebody else to know the Messiah as well. And he went and got his brother. Philip had a friend named Nathaniel. And when he found the Messiah, he went to get him and said, Hey, look, we found him. You need to meet him. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael, not having met Jesus or not knowing who Jesus was, Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. So the next thing that Jesus said is, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Nathanael, not having known Jesus, but hearing about him from Philip and Philip bringing Nathanael to Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, look, I know you're, you're, there's no deceit in you. You're a good Israelite. You know what? Nathaniel says, you don't know me. And Jesus says, I saw you. And he told him the situation. And with that little bit of information, with the testimony from Philip, and Jesus is uh, telling him where he was before Philip came to him, he professed him as the Son of God, the King of Israel. You see, at that point, Nathaniel was all in. He saw the evidence. He heard the testimony, saw the evidence, and com completely committed himself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus says, I saw you. But listen, it wasn't just the seeing. What Nathaniel heard was, I know you. Because when Jesus sees you, of course he knows you. Because he knows all things. He knows all things. He, he is omniscient, and that's just a great big word for all-knowing. But he also saw Nathaniel under the fig tree. He is uh, ever-present, omnipresent, which is just another big word for saying he's everywhere all the time. So he, yes, he can see there, he can see here. He knows what's going on here, he knows what's going on down the road, he knows what's going on at your house, he knows everything. Everything that's going on, he knows what's going on in the White House. He is in charge and in control of all things. And he says, I know you. You. Again, this, this is astounding when you think about it because we're nothing more than just a grain of sand in the great big cosmic world that we live in. We're just small, infinite beings, small, finite beings. And yet God loves each one of us. God looks at you 
And he knows you, warts and all, good, bad, ugly. He knows it. And he still loves you. He says, I see you. Right where you are, the, the very way that you are, you're, I see all the way into the essence of your being. He says, no matter what's going on, I see you. You can pretend. You can play make-believe. You can put on a good front. You can do your church clothes and church hair and church personality on Sunday. But Jesus knows the truth. And he says, I see you. And I know you. So there's no pretense with him. He knows. Because he knows and still loves us, he calls us. Listen to Romans chapter 8. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. See, Jesus knew us, knows us, and will always know you personally. And he still loves you. In spite of it all, he loves you. Jesus says, what do you seek? Come and see follow me, I saw you or I know you. And then this is what he says to Nathaniel. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? He said something so simple and now you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven. You shall see heaven. Think about this. He says, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. But the idea was, you shall see heaven. Now, there was a, there was a qualification for Jesus saying that. Because Nathaniel had just said, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God, you're the King of Israel. And Jesus says, you'll see heaven. But the qualification was accepting Jesus as who he is, the Son of God, the King of Israel, the King of glory, the creator and maker of all things, the sustainer of all things right now. Our Savior, Redeemer, and Friend. That's who he is. Nathaniel says, yes, I believe it. And Jesus says, because of your belief, because of your profession, because of that, you will see heaven. Now, some people are not too worried about seeing heaven. But you know what? Their purpose is not what it needs to be. They need to go back to the, to the beginning and find out what, what their purpose is. You see, our purposes are not to fulfill our own dreams or to build ourselves up or to make ourselves anything. 
our purpose is to submit ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ so that He can exalt us in due time. So that He can make us what we need to be for Him. Or, we will not see heaven. Jesus said in Luke chapter 23, when He was talking to the the uh, thief that was on the cross next to him. The thief had asked to be remembered whenever Jesus entered into his kingdom. And Jesus says, Assuredly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. He promised him heaven. He promised him that he would see heaven. And in John, 1 John, chapter 2, verse 25, and this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life Jesus promises us everlasting life when we hear his call answer his call obediently follow his call committing our way to him always he knows us he sees exactly what we need and he's willing to provide it so that we will see heaven. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus said, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So Jesus was seeking out and calling his disciples. In John chapter 1. He wanted them to understand their purpose. He wanted them to join him in a personal, vibrant relationship. His command was to follow me. Because he knows us, everything about us. He wants us to know his forgiveness, his salvation so that we may see heaven. This morning, there's no doubt, Jesus is still calling. Jesus is looking for that heart, that one, that needs to find their purpose and accept it and say, yes, Lord. And when the command comes, it will in just a minute, when we enter into our invitation time, the opportunity is going to come for you to say, yes, Lord, and obey His command to follow Him. Believe me, He knows you. He knows what's needed. And He wants you to see His glory, experience His glory with Him forever. Jesus is calling. Are you screening the calls? Or do you have them blocked completely? Maybe this morning you're ready to answer his call. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Lord Jesus, we bow before you and thank you for knowing us, who we are, what we've done, and loving us even though Thank you for your call to salvation. 
I ask, Father, that today, having worshipped you and praised you, I ask, Father, that we will be pleasing in your sight through our obedience. And, Father, during our invitation time, I ask for your will to be done. If there's someone here that wants to accept you as Lord and Savior and, and answer that call to salvation, Father, command them right now to follow you. And Father, maybe there's other reasons that people would come, whatever they are. Would you put that on their heart as well? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand for him of invitation. Him number one